The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Always follow the money. The money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. No problem for Jimmy Butler in the heat. And will the real Lonnie Walker please stand up? 15 fourth quarter points for the Lakers. Unlikely game four hero. Welcome into Follow the Money. Live from Circa Resort and Casino. Know your eyes and ears do not deceive you. I am not Mitch Moss. He is not Polly Howard. Story about Antonio and Jonathan Von Tobel in with you once again today. You'll have Tim Murray and Sean King the rest of the week. Um, but JVT, you are our resident senior NBA betting expert, and I don't think even you had Lonnie Walker making as many shots as the Golden State Warriors in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, how about that? I, you know, I was talking about this yesterday. We could get the Suns and the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals all because Landry Shamit and Lonnie Walker decided to show up for their respective teams uh, in their most recent games. So Lonnie Walker was brilliant, and this is, look, this is like the non-kind of quantifiable thing that you look at where sometimes to win championships or to move along, you need some of these outlier performances from guys to get you there. And yesterday was Lonnie Walker, a guy who wasn't really part of the rotation. Uh, as Stan Van Gundy pointed out yesterday, got into garbage time in game two, and all of a sudden finds himself as a reliable source and was just hitting shots left and right to get him this win. It was incredible. And kind of cool for his story, too, because he was a starter at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. and fell out of the rotation. The tread deadline comes. They change things around, and he's out. But he said that, LeBron, their coaches, just told him to stay ready. And when the team needed him right. in the fourth quarter, he was ready. He hit that first shot, and then it was just kind of off to the races. He couldn't miss, it felt like, in the final 12 minutes. The final score last night in Lakers-Warriors as L.A. does take that three games to one series lead, 104-101. They cover the closing number of two, but you're not loving it if you had the three or the three and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Well, falls yeah falls right on the number two. So of course, like you said, if you jumped on this because the market moved toward the Golden State Warriors, so you jumped on it early. Yeah, at least got a cover if you were with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, but this was it was you know this is kind of what we're looking at with the Warriors team and the, the way that they are constructed. Right, the bench is fine. It's not really great, and just some really odd choices from a you know a, an execution standpoint down the stretch. Whether it's Draymond Green trying to force that hammer play near the end uh, when it's a three point game and you're going for the tie. Steph Curry, when he actually, on a jump ball, recovers it 
and decides to, instead of call the timeout, remember in the King, it was at the Kings game, I believe, right? One of the Kings games, or it was down to the regular season where he calls a timeout where he didn't have one. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you get here where you have a timeout and he gets possession in a key moment and he decides to just flip it up desperately. It was such a weird sequence of events outside of Clay Thompson forcing up a jump shot that was, you know, no need, didn't need to be done. Like there was, it was such a, I don't want to call it a meltdown, but it was definitely a screw up here by the Warriors who looked like maybe they were going to be able to steal one and tie this game up. Uh, but this, all the credit goes to the Los Angeles Lakers for defending this team very mm-hmm. well. You know, we can get into the intricacies of what the Warriors went away from in the fourth quarter, too, because their game plan seemed to be working. But all of a sudden, in the fourth quarter, they abandoned it. But the Lakers deserve every part of this 3-1 series lead. And now, of course, on the precipice of getting to the Western Conference Final. Yeah, and you've talked so much since the All-Star break about the Lakers' defense and the way that they've risen to the occasion. And they did so again last night. But talk to me a little bit about that then. Because they the Warriors had a lead in the third quarter. And then things fall away in the fourth. Just 17 points for them to close it out. Lonnie Walker, by the way. Oh, I did, they, they took the stat off. There was something about Lonnie Walker and his 15 points that had to do with Kobe Bryant. Uh, well, no. So, look. <laughs> I'll say this, like when you watched it and, you know, Van Gundy was pointing this out, the the game plan for Golden State yesterday was pretty simple. It was working really well. They were putting Anthony Davis in like every single pick and roll and it was opening up the floor tremendously for them. And they were going through these stretches where almost every single time down, they would run a pick and roll with Steph Curry and when they would bring Anthony Davis, the guy over and it opened up everything. And whether it led to a cut to the basket, whether it led to an open jump shot, whether it led to something, there there was some offensive success there. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, you start using Curry off the ball more. You start giving the ball up to other players. It, it was it was inexplicable to me that they weren't doing that. And then finally, Stormy, after they go away from it for a while, on one of the last possessions, they're like, oh, let's go back to it. And Anthony Davis steps up and does what he does. He's a tremendous defender, stays in front of Steph Curry, doesn't allow him to get away, and yeah. doesn't allow him to get a clean shot off. And we know what it is, but th- there's just these little things when you talk about execution for Golden State that are just kind of mind-numbing. Yesterday, too, the turnovers, 16.5% turnover rate, or turned it over on 16.5% of their offensive possessions, and, and they were some really bad turnovers. Like Those are the things that you cannot do if you're trying to tie a series on the road. And sure enough, they get burned and they're down 3-1, and this is not a team that I think is capable of coming back from down 3-1, right? Your bench is extremely limited. Your offense is extremely reliant on Stephen Curry. You know, guys like Clay Thompson, who have not performed particularly well, especially in these last two games, uh, they're, they're not going to... Maybe you go back to San Francisco, get this team mm-hmm. to 3-2, and you go back to L.A., but I don't know what we've seen from Golden State that up to this point that would really make you think they're capable of digging themselves out of this hole. Yeah, the Warriors are a six-and-a-half-point favorite in that game as the series returns back home for them, total 226 in that upcoming game. Lakers now a $5 favorite in the series, but this is just the third time in the Steve Kerr era that the Warriors have trailed three games to one in a set. Last time, 2019, where they lost in the NBA Finals game six to the Raptors, but in 2016, they did beat OKC in the Western Conference Final in seven, but that's the only one down 3-1 in a series in franchise history where they've come back to win. The Golden State Warriors just one in four in those instances. Yeah, came back from down 3-1 in that series and then lost when they were up 3-1 in the consecutive series when they were were playing Cleveland. And look, and there's the key difference right there is you go back to that that series against the Oklahoma City Thunder, everybody remembers the Game 6 that Klay Thompson had that ultimately pushed them to come back in that series. Game 6 play. Yeah, right. And like that's, (laughs) maybe you get them here back in San Francisco, but I just, when you look at the way that they have played and you look at like little things, like for example, 
you know, um, uh, what's his name? Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole having no points, 0-4 shooting, 0-2 from three-point range, and he was abysmal. Like, he, he can't hold on to the ball. He's playing Shout way out too Will fast. Hill, who liked the under. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, because he's been, he, it's weird. It's like he signed the contract and then, like, just kind of completely disappeared. And as NBA Twitter will note and make the joke, you know, Jordan Poole plays like he's got, like, a bunch of hot chicks watching him. Like, he just does a little too much to try to impress the crowd. And like everybody thought that because Kay Adams was in the building that he was going to ball out. And sure enough, it wasn't the case. He, he looks like he's an absolute nightmare at times. And he's losing the ball, turning it over. His shot selection is really bad. And when you look at the bench and you're, you're, you're begging for production from some of these other guys, Dante DiVincenzo was fine. Moses Moody was fine, but he was called for multiple fouls, especially screening some of these guys. Like it's just reliant. They're overly reliant on Seth Curry, who did a lot, but didn't shoot particularly yeah. well. Three of 14 from three point range. It's it's a flawed Warriors team. You kind of saw this in terms of right. We were building up to this. We knew that the bench wasn't very good. It wasn't good against the Golden. Excuse me, against Sacramento Kings. And sure enough, not good enough here against the Los Angeles Lakers in the series. Yeah, seems. their bench wasn't good enough that game, and the the Lakers bench won it for them. Also wanted to give AD his due and shout out an even numbered game, and he comes out here and still gets the job yeah. done. Twenty three points, fifteen boards, two assists, and three steals for AD in forty three minutes. He came into that game playing more minutes than anybody else and walked out playing forty three. But he was averaging thirteen points per game in those even and, numbered games before. And like you said, so he deserves credit because he was he was good on offense. He was great on defense, defense especially yeah. down the stretch. And and I like like the little intricate like battles in a lot of these series, right? So like in the third quarter and heading into the fourth, you saw the change was like, all right, well for us and for the Lakers. LeBron's going to run point and we're just going to go after Steph Curry on every single possession. And that's what they were doing. They were bringing Steph Curry's guy over and LeBron was going after him and Curry held up admirably for the most part, but that helped them have success. And you see like these little changes in the way that these teams are operating. But at the end of the day, what the Lakers wanted to do there in terms of their adjustments and their ability to defend at a really high level, it's ultimately what squeaks them out here and gets a 104-101 win. And more importantly, this 3-1 series lead. Yep. Uh, Heat and Knicks. Miami wins and covers the four and a half to take a three to one series lead themselves. Depending on the total number you got, um, could go either way. Right. The total open 206 and a half, close 210. The final falls right on the 210, 109, 101. Yeah, a win for the closing line value, folks, right? You got to get the best number. And sure enough, uh, if you got it, you got one over. Same thing we were talking about uh, with Lakers uh, and Warriors. But look, this is, we talked about this yesterday, right? Where but Will and I both kind of echo that like this this Knicks team is just up against it offensively. They don't really have a lot. They don't move the ball particularly well. They get a little bricky when it comes to their offense because there's no real flow to it. And unless you're getting like some outlier performances, which you kind of did, right? Like Jalen Brunson was pretty good in this game. Mm -hmm. uh, but Julius Randle, only 20 points. You got 24 from RJ Barrett. Awesome. But the rest of the production from the crew, just not really there. Quentin Grimes, it gave you nine on three of eight shooting. But if you look at the way that one, Miami can defend, which Miami can defend pretty well and held them to an offensive rating of 111. And just the fluidity of Miami's offense yet again, like being able to move this ball around and showing just a little bit more in terms of like their offensive flow. Butler had 10 assists. You had three other guys get at least two. Kyle Lowry had four. Gabe Vincent had five. Like the ball movement and the way that this team can operate offensively is just slightly better than what the New York Knicks have to offer. And that's what you kind of saw here. Like unless you're getting some crazy offensive performances from New York, like this is just what's going to be the issue. And you finally, and here's the thing, like you finally started to turn them over a little bit more if you were the New York Knicks. But it just wasn't enough. Like this Heat team, like we talked about yesterday, styles make fights. Yeah. And their style kind of made this fight here in this series. Yeah, Heat just more physical. Seemed like they were outworking the Knicks. Julius Randle even said maybe they just want it more than we do, which maybe you shouldn't say or admit. But that's I guess. Sports neither. Talk, we're sports talk radio. Everybody's got to, <laughs> or sports talk in general. We have to, like, kill them for it. Like, um, search for an answer. Who cares? But the Knicks defense, though, just speaking to that, 
39 of the Heat's 85 field goals uncontested, 46%. You can't have that. No, and and look, and one of the other things, too, that's been like the quiet killer for New York in this series, and it wasn't extremely efficient for Miami today or yesterday, but it has been throughout the series. Miami had 30 shots within four feet of the basket, and they only hit 20 of them, so you're you're talking about like 66%. You want to shoot a little bit better than that, but they drew five shooting fouls there. They have been killing New York inside the paint and at the restricted area. And like, that's been something that they haven't been able to do. And we talked about this yesterday with Will as well. Right. And and I, I was on, I think it was sharp money because uh, they brought up Mitchell Robinson. Like, why hasn't it been more effective when you have a big, like bam at a bio who you're playing a little bit more perimeter oriented, right? You're doing handoffs. You're taking that big out of the paint. Well, all of a sudden your rims wide open and they're killing them with cuts or getting to the rim. Like it's just a matchup that really didn't go well for the New York Knicks. So again, and as we said, we could have had a 2-2 series, both of these. And yet we now we have two teams, 3-1, just sitting back. Now they need one win to get to their respective conference finals. Yep, and for the Heat, not your average eight seed. One win away from joining the 1998-99 Knicks as the only eight seeds to play the in the conference finals. Jay Croucher, who's going to be on with us yeah. later in the show from NBC Sports, brought up a great point. That if we get a Heat... Lakers NBA Finals. I believe it would be the Heat as the eight seed, but a yeah. better record that would have home court home advantage. Home court advantage. Yep. So we will have Jay Croucher who will join us later on in hour three. We'll also have Beeson's own Matt Humans at the end of the hour, 445 Pacific, 745 Eastern. Um, but coming up next on Follow the Money, we'll recap some of the big moments yesterday in sports betting with win some, lose some. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today. And get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to the vcin.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport matchup, event date, and more. And you can check the top vcin experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI. See which vcin expert has the hot hand for vcin pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access. Become a vcin pro subscriber today. Sign up now. Just $9.99 at vcin.com slash subscribe. 
while we hold up to uh, try to connect with Matt Humans, I'm just going to instead look over at my cohort here, Jonathan Von Tobel, mumbling into his microphone. What's on your brain? Oh, so I know we're going to we're going to efforting to get Matt Humans, and I know who we're going to talk about. He wanted to talk about Shohei Otani, and I just you know just refreshing myself on one of the dominance of one Shohei Otani. I was going to say you don't need to refresh anything. You watch uh, the Angels religiously. It's just uh, look. I'm just going to say that <clears throat> you know a lot of people when he won the MVP, they're only really hitting two fifty seven. Hitting 301 right now with seven home runs and 22 RBI, all while with pitching 39 innings will cross seven starts with the 254 ERA. Just subtle. So we do have Matt on the line now. Matt Humans, uh, VEASAN's own senior editor, joins us now. You can catch him every weeknight as well on VEASAN tonight with Wes Reynolds. Matt, by the way, before we get to the Shohei Otani talk, because obviously JVT is fired up about it, but I haven't talked to you since the commercial came out here at Circa. You were the star of the show with the megaphone. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I actually think uh, Mike Palm was the star of the show with his... Uh truck driver role where he said the package is in route. I thought uh, Mike was a star. You were a star, Stormy, as always. How about uh, those bit roles that Mitch Moss and Paul Howard had as background performers? I think they might be a little bit irritated about that. Those guys think they're bigger stars than that. Uh, Matt, I would argue that the star of the commercial is actually Bill 80 in the same shot (laughs) with Mitch Moss and Paul Howard uh, in that background. Are the rumors true I heard that your one line took 15 takes in over an hour. Is that true? No. Actually, I think it did take almost an hour, but it was because they were trying to shoot off the streamers on the Zamboni out at Stadium Swim, Mm. and they were trying to time that part of it. So my lines are actually uh, delivered precisely and uh, didn't need to be repeated. So some said it was a... A Clint Eastwood type performance, JVT. Perfection. Perfection. Yeah. All right. Now, do, you, do your Otani talk. Get it out of your system. Get it out of my system. I mean, Matt, what else is there to say? Remember two years ago when everyone was like, oh, you're hitting 257. Well, he's heading over 301 now. He's got some Cy Young-esque numbers. I mean, what else is there to say about the greatest player in baseball right now? Well, he is, and that's without debate. He's, he's batting 301, got a 369 on base percentage. He's played in 34 or 36 games. It's not like he's taking days off, and he's got seven homers and 22 RBIs. But the things that, that amazes me the most about Otani, and he's able to do this two ways, he's pitched 39 innings. He's allowed 16 hits. Yep. He leads baseball in opponent's batting average at 125, and he's third in strikeouts with 59. I don't know how you can nitpick this guy. There, there's probably – I think the haters have been uh, silenced for a while. Uh, no, he's probably going to hit a slump at some point this season. But right now, he's without question the MVP. And anyone who says otherwise is a fool. Hey, Matt, like you and I have talked about this before, but you just look at his uh-huh. numbers year to year. The, the scary part about Shohei Otani is not the numbers he puts up. He has gotten better at every facet of his game each of the last three seasons. He has. Uh, and he's in his prime right now. So you wonder what the, the next contract he's going to get. This is a larger discussion we don't have time for, but I, I think that Next contract for Otani starts at like five years, three hundred million. He might get more years, around five hundred million, but uh, his, it's going to be a monster contract for a guy who's an elite pitcher and hitter. Um, it's probably going to be Dodgers, Giants. I think those are going to be the main teams bidding for Otani. And uh, never forget Stormy Mike Francesa telling his uh, cohorts that the Yankees <laughs> were lucky that they did not get Shohei Otani. That was Mike and the Mad Dog. Mike and the Mad Dog. <laughs> 
both agreed that <laughs> yep. yeah, Yankees are lucky they didn't yep. get him. Right, I'll, I'll never yeah, forget Mad Dog. Yep, 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 huh? yep, yep, yep. Mad Dog in the background. <laughs> so there's one way to uh, – I'm thinking about betting Otani tonight. I'm not sure I'm going to do it. But the only way I can bet him a lot of times is in the first five. And um, tonight against Framber Valdez, he's uh, minus 132 on the game line. I'm not sure I'm going to play. I am going to play one other game in baseball. I don't bet many run lines, but I'm playing Max Scherzer tonight against the Reds. Scherzer off a a start in Detroit where he got hammered. And he is on the run line, minus 117 at Cincinnati. And I'm also fading Luke Weaver here. He's put 16 innings. He's allowed five homers. He's got a 169 whip and a 788 ERA. And I think the Mets, who have a five-game road losing streak, got to bounce out of it here. Much better offensive team. I think Scherzer's going to look a lot better tonight against that Cincinnati lineup. So I don't like to bet run lines, but I'm going to play the Mets minus 117. Yeah, the Mets have struggled lately, but a good team and opportunity to bounce back against with the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Let's turn to the NBA, Matt. Last night, the Golden State Warriors put up just 17 points in the fourth quarter and... A name that we didn't expect ends up coming to play for the Lakers in the fourth as well. What did you make of the way things played out? Well, Lonnie Walker made six shots in the fourth quarter and the Warriors made six shots. That's a bad sign for the Warriors. I I really, I did like Golden State going into the series. I thought three-point shooting was going to be the difference. And if you look last night, the Warriors shot 12 for 41. The Lakers shot six for 25. The Lakers not shooting it well from three, which is predictable. But this is one thing not many people are going to talk about today. It's going to be all about Lonnie Walker, and he was a big difference. The Lakers hit 20 of 20 at the free throw line last night, and they've been going to the line a lot more than the Warriors have in this series, and that's been a big difference. And also, JVT, I think you got to be a little bit surprised on some of these in-game meltdowns the Warriors have had on the offensive end of the floor. I thought in game one, and I'm not talking about the Jordan Poole shot, I thought Stephen Curry took a bad shot. Clay Thompson took a bad shot. Then last night, Curry took two bad shots. Clay Thompson took two bad shots. Draymond Green drives the lane, throws a jump pass. It's mm-hmm. a turnover. And uh, the one thing Curry's got to do, I'm not going to criticize him you know, too often because he's a genius and the best shot maker we've ever seen. But when you've got Anthony Davis out trying to guard you on the dribble, you have to go around him and go to the rim because they have no rim protection. It's 102-101. You don't throw up a 30-footer with AD in your face. So I'm surprised the Warriors have not been more poised at the end of games, and that's really cost them to this point. I have very little faith that they're going to win this series now. Yeah, um, I would agree. Also, you need more out of Clay Thompson instead of dribbling into contested yep. jumpers like he consistently yep. does. Uh, and Jordan Poole has been absolutely abysmal. So let's spin this forward uh, to what we're going to see later tonight, Matt. So I know that uh, coming into this series, did you like Denver in this series? And are you playing them here today? Five and a half point favorites over Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns with a total of 227 and a half. Yeah, a lot of people thought when Chris Paul went down, the Suns were doomed, but Booker's done a great job running the offense. and uh, I still think the Nuggets are the better team. I, I bet the Nuggets plus 110 in the series. I bet them on the money line tonight at minus 200. Uh, Jokic, if you look at his numbers in the two losses in Phoenix, who are incredible. Uh, the guy averaged triple-double and shot 63%, and they still lost those games. But I don't think Booker and uh, KD can – keep scoring at the same level they did in those two games in Phoenix. And actually, I think at altitude, maybe fatigue starts to show a little bit tonight. And once these series a little bit deeper, you see 
the scores start to uh, decline a little bit and defense becomes a little bit bigger factor. The game two of the series is 97 to 87 in Denver. I don't think it's going to be that low scoring, but I do like it under that DraftKings total of 228 tonight. And I like the Nuggets to win and still win the series. I know you don't have an official play for the 76ers Celtics game tonight, but the Celtics, a missed opportunity to take a stranglehold of the series. They head back home with the series tied at two apiece as well. Anything just worth a look or a lean tonight? Boy, I don't know. I, I really don't have a good feel for that. I don't like the fact that Jalen Brown gets uh, kind of, he's uh, excluded from the offense too often in the fourth quarter. I think in the fourth quarter in overtime at Philadelphia, he had a total of three shots. And Jason Tatum was taking over. Marcus Smart's getting big shots. I said the Boston's going to win this series. The Celtics probably going to win tonight. That's a big money line price to play, and I'm not really interested in laying the points here. But I think the Celtics got to win that series. How excited are you for the NFL schedule release coming out oh, Thursday? Yeah. You got to be excited about it. this. Is what our whole world revolves around in the say. fall, right? The NFL schedule. And uh, we're going to have a special show on a Thursday night on VSIN tonight. Super Dave Ross is going to be hosting. And uh, Wes Reynolds and I will be breaking down the schedules. I think that Thursday night opener has probably got to be Eagles at Chiefs, right? And yeah. uh, the, Sunday, the Sunday night game, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets against either the Bills or the Patriots. What do you say? Ooh, I like it. We're going to see a lot of Aaron Rodgers and the Jets in primetime early mm. this season. I have a feeling. I'm actually I'm thinking Steelers Colts Sunday night. Anthony Richardson's debut. Oh. What do you What do you think, Matt? Oh gosh. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. You're awesome. Appreciate your time. All right, you bet. Thanks, Matt Humans. Check him out tonight. Vsin tonight. Later on this evening, Just beginning laugh. at 6 p.m. Pacific. <laughs> You're you got to relax. <laughs> we got to take a break. We'll be right back with more NBA. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. This is hour two of Follow the Money on a Tuesday. Stormy Bonantoni and Jonathan Von Tobel in for the guys. Coming to you live from downtown Las Vegas at Circa Resort and Casino. Thank you to VSIN's own Matt Humans for joining us at the end of hour one. Still to come later on in the show, NBC sports betting analyst Jay Croucher, who will help us continue to break down the NBA, which is where we're going to pick up here to start things off. Obviously, the Lakers and Heat getting their respective wins yesterday to go up three games to one in those series. We got two game fives in the NBA coming up tonight. Both the Sixers, Celtics, and Suns Nuggets series tied at two games apiece. So, let's start with the first game of tonight's TNT doubleheader. Sixers getting seven and a half points at TD Garden, taking on the Celtics. Total 213 and a half. This one tipping off at 430 Pacific, 730 Eastern. Well, so this is obviously the market has faith in the Boston Celtics, and I I understand it to a degree. Um, and we did see initially. It's interesting that this number's back up to seven and a half. So after game was at four uh, over the weekend, this thing opened up seven, seven and a half. Initially, actually got went down to six and a half, stormy before coming back up to where we're at. We'll call consensus seven and a half right now. But I, this is, I think, this is an extremely game or extremely hard game to handicap and or like you know project. Because this is all about whether or not the Boston Celtics want to actually show up, right? Mm -hmm. Like, especially it's on defense. I, I've mentioned to you many times already. 
they have a an offensive rating of about 120, 121 against the Philadelphia 76ers and non-garbage time. Philly has not had an answer for Boston's offense. It's, it's very clear at this point. Through four games, they have had well above average offensive ratings. The question is just, what are you doing as a team, the Boston Celtics, to actually show up here and play at a high level defensively? And the, the aggravating part about it is, you know that they can do it, right? Let's go back to the fourth quarter of the most previous game. Let's double check this fourth quarter defensive rating really quickly for the Celtics. They had a defensive rating in the fourth quarter of 75 flat. Like they were incredible. Al Horford went out there and shut down Joel Embiid. It's a big reason why they came back and were able to have a five-point lead late in that game and eventually get it to overtime despite trailing by 16 at one point. So if the Boston Celtics decide to show up and become the team that in that fourth quarter completely annihilated Philly defensively, took Joel Embiid out of the game and played to their level on offense, then this is a number that they can cover, seven and a half. However, let's go back from games three all the way up to game one of this series and, of course, the first half against the Philadelphia 76ers over the weekend – it's a team that had a defensive rating of over 120 and just lackadaisical defensive plays. And I just don't know how you can really trust what effort you're going to get from the Boston Celtics because this thing has been up and down defensively. You know it's going to be good on offense. It's just whether or not they're going to be able to, and I should be able to, will they come out here and defend to the level that they will? Like you, you haven't seen any consistency at all on that end of the floor. So does that lend you to more of an over side of thinking than when you look at the total? So I think what you could do here is, so if we're, if we're running with the concept that we know, we, we know that we're going to get a good effort on offense, that consistently throughout this series Correct. that they have played uh, to a very high level on offense against the Philadelphia 76ers. And again, we'll double check exactly what this offensive rating is to tell people in non-garbage time, uh, a 124.3 offensive rating, extremely, extremely efficient offense then maybe you're going team total over for the Boston Celtics because that would take away the result, obviously. It would give you the Boston Celtics in terms of what they're able to do uh, and how they're able to execute on offense against a team that they have had a ton of success against. Uh, the team total right now, as I wait for my screen to load, I'll tell you what it is in a second, uh, one, ten and a half. So you want to bet that over because I think that's the one constant, right? Like it's the one thing you can kind of guarantee here. Celtics are going to take a lot of shots, especially from three-point range. They're at home, so role players tend to shoot a little bit better. And Philly, through the course of four games, has allowed 124 points per 100 possessions in non-garbage time. So even playing at a slow pace, that would get you something where you could bet this game over. And if, or excuse me, team total over. And if they're going to be inconsistent on defense, right, Mm -hmm. then that would force them to continue to keep a scoring, right? They're not going to take their foot off the gas at any single point. And that would even give you more motivation as a team to go over that. And the market has that shaded over at minus 120. So I think that would be the way that you're looking here, betting this team total over for Boston at 110.5 because the one thing that we know is that Philly has not been able to stop their offense. Yep, no doubt. Um, Question about the Philly offense, though, in general, because last game it was important that we saw offensive pieces outside of Joel Embiid with Joel Embiid on the floor actually working together. Mm -hmm. And um, you had another big day from James Harden. I'm very curious your thoughts on which version of James Harden we're going to get. Is it the 42, 45-point guy, or is it the guy that combined for five field goals in two games? It's it's like uh, Anthony Davis, right, almost to a certain extent. You have have this extreme where it's like, hey, this guy won you two games in a series in the Eastern Conference semis, and then you have the other extreme where it's like, this guy couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Uh, coming, or what is the other one? A boat fall, water falling out of a boat. Um, so look, I think when you're 
I think it's always hard when you're trying to gauge consistency because you have such extreme performances and you want to try to find like a baseline of production, but it's hard when the guy is zigging and zagging as much as a guy like James Harden is. Uh, And I would tend to defer to, look, if you're playing on the road, you're probably going to get a little bit of a dip in production. So you're probably looking to go under some of these numbers for James Harden, especially when after some of these performances, Stormy, as we kind of talked about when you're talking about goal scorers or player point totals, things like that, a big name player coming off of big performances, those numbers tend to be a little bit higher than they should. Now, Harden sitting right at 21 and a half. It's a pick either way. And I think maybe if you're trying to get involved with Harden, we talked about this, Femi and I, over the weekend, which is instead of going over the point total prop, if you want to do that, assists, right? Because if anything, Harden is still going to be able to facilitate. He's still got the pieces around him. He's still got Joel Embiid. Embiid scores a little bit more in isolation, but there's still opportunities there. Tyrese Maxey and Harden did go over his assist prop as well, obviously in game four. So if you're not wanting to bank on Harden as the scorer, Harden as the facilitator is still something that is perfectly capable of happening. Okay. Let's look to the second game of the night. Back in Denver, the Suns getting five and a half points at the Nuggets in Ball Arena, tipping off seven Pacific, 10 o'clock Eastern. Nikola Jokic will be there. No suspension, but he will have to Venmo the league 25K for what did they call it? Improper contact on Suns owner Matt Ishbia. Ishbia, what did he get? What did Matt Matt Ishbia get? Well, I know Michael Malone said that he thinks that he should have Mm. been given a flopping charge. Uh, Called it comical. Yeah, it it is comical. I actually think he shouldn't be allowed to go back to uh, a postseason game, but that's just me. I mean, like we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but the NBA and basketball as a sport in general is fascinating to me how on top of the athletes fans are in general and that you're standing a foot away. You can just reach right out and touch somebody in general. The fact that you can spill a drink and stop a game. You know what I mean? Like it's it's absolutely ridiculous. It is weird. So, um, but yes, you'll have you'll have Jokic out there yes. tonight. And by the way, there was a conversation, right? Like that's why I got fined. You talk about these things, so uh, it's not surprising. Didn't get suspended. Probably going to get fined, or excuse me, is going to get fined, and that's the way it goes. So as far as this game is concerned, so we've had two just historic performances from Devin Booker. Like the, the guy is an absolutely unreal the way that he has been performing. So your question is just, it, it's really simple. Can Devin Booker keep this up? Can the Suns keep this up? Especially when you're hitting the road, and this is where. I tend to think, and I don't know if we brought this up the other day, but it's Denver's home court, the inherent advantage you get in playing in altitude, that kind of gets cut into when you play in the postseason because especially the beginning of series, right? Whether it's game one and game two or game three and game four, depending on where they're seated, you're playing up there for multiple days. You're staying up there for multiple days. You're getting a day off in between so you can practice, do whatever to get your conditioning right. It it tends to kind of get cut into. However, when you're asking a, t- a player like Devin Booker and or Kevin Durant to give you 40 plus minutes a night and you're still playing in altitude, I think that's where you start to kind of yeah. see that thing wear on you. And this is the, the fascinating dynamic, which I do think that the Nuggets, as somebody who bet them before the series, will be able to win this game and eventually win this series. Let's go to one of the things that the Suns have really done here. They have turned it up in transition. They were one of the bottom three teams in terms of transition frequency in the regular season. In the postseason, they are one of the fastest teams. They are running as often as they possibly can. And I don't know if we brought this up the other day when they lost. An offensive rating off live rebounds for the Phoenix Suns of 222.2. And 40% of their live ball rebounds led to a transition play in that last game. They were ripping and they were running. And they were scoring on almost every single transition possession against the Denver Nuggets. And the Nuggets, 28th in transition defense. So it kind of makes sense, right? But then we bring everything together. Can you do that in altitude? 
can you keep running as fast as you can on almost every single possession when your lead guys are playing 40 plus minutes a night? And I just don't know if that's going to be the case. And then we get back to what we saw, right? Lonnie Walker, Landry Shamit. Are you going to get the outlier performance from another guy who's going to be named, you know, whoever it's going to be? Is campaign going to start to take over mm-hmm. maybe or something like that? Because if you're not going to get that, you get the Denver role players back at home in an altitude environment that they're used to playing in. It, Nikola Jokic is going to be out there. You don't have an answer for him. I think all of this equates to the Suns falling back down to earth a little bit here and taking a loss and trailing 3-2 going back to Phoenix. I just think when you put all that together, and this is the other factor for me I want to watch in-game, in the first two games, Nuggets plus 14.2 net rating in the fourth quarter. That, that's what we're talking about, right? As you get worn down, as you get to the fourth quarter, because you're playing in altitude if you're Phoenix and you start to fall off, if it's a tight game, Wonder if in-game an angle on Denver would be the way to go once you enter the fourth quarter here. I like that. It's good perspective for sure. And you look at what, uh, to your point about just what Devin Booker and Kevin Durant have done. They both had 36 points last game, but 158 combined the last two games. That's the second most by a duo ever in a two-game span in NBA history. And so that's why you keep saying, if it's going to take a historical win, a historical performance to beat me, Okay, then I'll I'll do it it because it's obviously unlikely for that to continue at that pace, especially at altitude. And I don't think that's an exaggeration. I think that's a very, very real thing when you play up in Denver. Also, I found these numbers interesting with Chris Paul out still with the groin injury. The first two games against the Nuggets with Chris Paul, they're obviously 0-2. Average is 97 points per game, 21 team assists per game. In the last two without Paul, they won both games. Average 125 points per game and 26 team assists. and that's a really so the assists are an interesting angle really quickly for audience who actually has like DraftKings and other spots who update player props in a game if they're sending doubles at devin booker again throughout this game in game over on devin booker assists Ooh. because that's going to be something why if they're sending doubles and they're hedging they're doing all that they're blitzing devin booker's a good enough passer that he's going to be able to go over that prop just like he did in the last game i wish i had access to in-game props oh that'd be great that right? would be cool uh back to the nhl when we come back after the new jersey devils were outscored 11 to 2 the first two games of their series with carolina they put up an eight spot yesterday can the offense keep flowing tonight The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Follow the Money on v so much to bet on over the course of the next 30 days. And for a limited time, you can subscribe today. Also, remember, everybody, whether you're rooting for your team or betting on your favorite player, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered for all of the NHL action. Right now, new customers can place a $5 pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Join the action now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app and sign up. You got to use our code, though, VSIN. Welcome back to Follow the Money. Stormy Bonantoni and Jonathan Von Tobel with you as we are joined now on the program live by Jay Croucher, lead betting analyst for NBC Sports and co-host of the Fantasy Football Hour with Matthew Barry at CroucherJD on Twitter. And I was just looking at your Twitter, by the way, and apparently somebody did not like the low scoring output in Lakers Warriors yesterday. You said Heat Knicks has infected Lakers Warriors. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Heat Knicks was that was a tough watch. Uh, a good result if you're on the Heat, but yeah, these games are going under consistently. Uh, so not the best watch coming off of uh, particularly Nuggets Suns, but um, it's still interesting. So I know you. There's a couple of things you want to get into, but since we're there, let's just start. Just ask the general question: What do you think the shot is that the Warriors can actually pull this thing out and and get this out and poetically right against LeBron James? Can Steph Curry come back from down three one? Yeah, I think they can. I mean, the thing is, is that three one's a lot more intimidating when you're not the home team. And the fact yep. that they've got games five and seven at home, they're going to be six and a half, seven point favorites in each of those games if they can get to a game seven. Uh, and then game six, you know, the Lakers closed two point favorites last night. So, I mean, on an individual game basis, the Warriors have a great chance. It's just that when LeBron and AD are 100% locked in with all the energy in the world, then that team is so hard to beat. And I think that you're going to get at least one or two of those efforts from the Lakers. So obviously the Lakers are heavy favorites, but I mean, the Warriors, I mean, it still feels like they're the better team. Uh, And uh, I don't really understand what happened last night. It felt like they'd figured the Lakers out, but then uh, Lonnie Walker happened and and that's what happens in random playoff games. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people have liked the Lakers too, buying in on them to win it all at this point. But the big concern with LeBron and AD is kind of that age, right? And how long they can really play at a high level throughout the course of long series after series. Where do you sit on the Lakers? long term I guess if you think the Warriors still feel like the better team in this series I guess that might answer the question though yeah I think the Nuggets are the better team as well and I think the Nuggets would rightfully be pretty clear favorites over the Lakers in the next round if that's the matchup I mean this Lakers team it just hinges on Anthony Davis because Davis I think on a game-to-game basis he might have the highest ceiling of any player in the NBA just because of what he can do defensively and LeBron right now I think LeBron has settled into being like the 14th best player in the league that type of range and they're probably just not as intimidating when he's at that level as opposed to the level that he was at in the bubble. So they need these random games from D'Angelo Russell or Lonnie Walker or Austin Reeves, who still hasn't really appeared in the series. So if they're getting those random games from the role players, I think they're good enough. But at some point, you have to think that, you know, this is effectively a two-man team. Uh, and you would think that the Nuggets or the Celtics will get them eventually. Speaking of random games, let's talk about former Clipper great Landry Shamit and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, who pulled one out 
against the Denver Nuggets. So that's one of those, right? Like you get these random games and you can get through. They got random Torrey Craig performances against the Clippers and that got them, or at least helped them get through that series. So now that this thing's going back to Denver, I see that you have the Yoka's jersey in the back. Uh, let's talk about how very the MVP... Very subtle, by the way. Very yeah. subtle. I mean, look, they yeah, accidentally it's... gave the MVP to the wrong guy, the guy who got shut down by Al Horford in the fourth quarter of a game <laughs> the other day. Uh, but what do you make of Nikola Jokic and this Nuggets team going back home? Where I think, like, Jay, like when you're looking at the way that this goes down, usually you see teams uh, not really get affected by altitude in Denver in playoff series because they're there for a while. But when you're asking two guys to play 40-plus minutes, I think you're actually starting to see that here, right, in those first two games especially. Yeah, absolutely. And I just it just feels improbable that TJ Warren, Landry Shamit, and Terrence Ross are going to be the swing piece in a series that could potentially decide the eventual title winner. Uh, you would think that going home that the Nuggets would have the significant edge. And I mean, Devin Booker, who has missed, what, four shots and then five shots the previous two games, they got the 10 out of 10 performance from mm-hmm. Shamit. Durant finally woke up in game three. And uh, and they've been eking out those wins, even with these superhuman performances from Booker. So uh, you would think that the Nuggets going back home, that their role players would play better. Uh, Jamal Murray, who's looking like a role player at the moment, you would think that he would play better as well. He's going to be able to take care of Landry Shamit because if Shamit can defend Murray and stay on the court uh, for his offensive output, then the Nuggets are in trouble. But you would think that going home, that the Nuggets will take care of business. But, you know, Booker is out of his mind at the moment. In the East, the Miami Heat, one win away from joining the 1998-99 Knicks as the only eight seeds to play in the conference finals. When Jimmy Butler's been healthy, they've been tremendous. And, I mean, even the game that he wasn't in this series, they have stood up. I just hate the way that you look no, okay. sometimes. So, Jay, like, so what happens is sometimes, like, I shouldn't have my computer open because sometimes some things come across my screen and it makes me laugh. So, for example, I guess Mike Greenberg just went on a rant that the Heat in Miami is sapping the energy out of the New York Knicks. They're playing inside. So how do I not laugh at something like that when I see that? I'm sorry. I don't mean to like derail the conversation, but like that's well, funny. Well, I mean, it actually works with it because we're talking about the Miami Heat, but they're they're the real deal. And yes, JVT just bugs me because he makes all these faces. I'm like, how am I just supposed smile. to do my job when you're doing this? You're not a five-year-old child. I like it. Yeah. Look, I, I don't understand the hate at all. I thought they would have got swept by Milwaukee in round one. Obviously, that didn't work out at all. Uh, I thought that Milwaukee, if anything, they would be clearly the team that would win 4-1. Uh, but the Heat threw them twice in four years, 4-1. And so I think we're now we're at the point with the Heat where you just have to treat them like the team they were last year, where they were the one seed and one shot away from making the finals. And I think the thing with the Heat is that when they can keep... Duncan Robinson and Max Struess and Kevin Love, when those guys can stay on the floor defensively, then they're actually a pretty good team. I would think they would get exposed by the Celtics in the next round if that is the matchup. But we're just at the point now where Jimmy Butler and Spo in the playoffs, uh, you have to give them a certain level of benefit of the doubt. And uh, yeah, we're just reliving the bubble at this point where it's looking like it's going to be Lakers, Nuggets and Heat Celtics, uh, which uh, I certainly didn't have on my bingo card. Also, the Heat would have home court in the finals against the Lakers which is just completely insane. An eight seed that was uh, three minutes away from getting knocked out by Kobe White in the second play-in game might have home court in the finals. Let me ask you, Jake, because I think let's you're going on that topic, right, that we should treat the Miami Heat like the team they were you know, last season. My, my only argument would be I, I'm a very big proponent of styles make fights in these NBA series, right? And so you get the outlier performance against Milwaukee. I don't think there's any arguing that when you shoot the way you do, that's not something that's sustainable. But then I thought they got a series that they matched up well with their opponent in New York. Is this maybe just a shot that 
for lack of a better term, Miami's just kind of gotten lucky, right? Like they shot their minds out in game one. Then they get an opponent they match up well with here, excuse me, series one. Then they get an opponent they match up well with here in series two. And that maybe, finally, if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, which is likely that happens, the luck runs out and they run into two opponents, whether it be Philly or Boston, that is going to be able to smoke them. And we finally get to see the team that was the worst ATS team in the regular season in abysmal in offense. Yeah, worst ATS team. I think they're 7-1 and one ATS yep. in the playoffs, though, so it's flipped in a dramatic way. I think you're right. I think it is largely about the matchup. I think against Philly, they might be okay. But against Boston, I mean, they're putting guys out on the floor like Gabe Vincent, Struess, Robinson, Love. These guys just would get annihilated on switches by big wings like Jason Tatum, like Jalen Brown. They haven't had to face those guys in the first two rounds because that's not really how the Bucs play. I mean, Gabe Vincent was able to defend Chris Middleton well enough. And then Brunson's got the ankle. Randall doesn't look right. So I think they've been able to keep those guys on the floor, whereas you would think that guys like Kevin Love in particular and Duncan Robinson, they're just not going to be able to exist on the floor if Jason Tatum is out there hunting them on switches the way that Tatum is hunting, you know, guys like Tyrese Maxey. So I think that's definitely an element. Uh, and I think that's why the Heat would much rather play the Sixers. Let's turn to the NHL. The Florida Panthers were a team that weren't great throughout the course of the regular season. They kind of snuck into the playoffs, needed some help with the Penguins falling apart those last handful of games in the regular season. They get in, have a massive upset over a historically great Boston Bruins team and have just carried that over to this series with the Leafs as they lead them three games to none right now and have Toronto on the brink of elimination. How real is this Florida Panthers team in your opinion? Yeah, I think pretty real. I think they're the best team in the NHL at the moment. And uh, much like their South Florida brethren, the Heat, I think you just have to treat them like the team they were last year where they had the best record in the regular season. And uh, and obviously they lose Huberto, but they had Matthew Kachuk, who has been, I think, maybe the best player in the playoffs outside of Dreisaitl. So I think that you have to upgrade Florida's rating, the way they're playing, getting this performance out of uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, which is insane. Uh, I think they are the best team at the moment. They're playing at the highest level. And also, also, I mean, they've helped themselves, but in terms of the bracket remaining, it's pretty favorable in that the Bruins and the Leafs probably came in as the two best teams and the Avs might have been the third best team. Uh, and it looks like all three of those teams are going to be out for the conference finals. So, yeah, I think Florida are the best team at the moment. I would say, though, that if you want to bet the Panthers, instead of just betting them to win the East or to win the Cup, I would just bet on Matthew Kachuk to win the Conn yeah. Smythe. Because I think that he is 75, 80% of their Conn Smythe equity. It's really only Bobrovsky who get him. And Bobrovsky's stats for the postseason aren't amazing overall. So I think Kachuk at 6-1, to 7-1, to one, that type of range, I think he's a very good bet for the Conn Smythe. Awesome stuff, Jay. Thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it, guys. Cheers. Jay Croucher doing great stuff over there with NBC Sports lead betting analyst for them. Also doing work as the co-host of the Fantasy Football Hour with Matthew Berry. Follow him as well because the commentary on Twitter is great at CroucherJD on Twitter. We are wrapping things up on Follow the Money when we come back next. Our official plays for tonight in the NBA and NHL. Our in-pocket plays are next on Beeson.
at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 